Hello, and welcome to Letters from the Pen. I am your host, R&B singer Nakia. And I'm your co-host, Dee. So we have a very, very, very good show for you guys tonight. We have acclaimed actor, Brian Anthony Wilson. He's going to talk to us a little bit about his career, of course, when he gets up in here, but he's going to talk to us about his career, what it takes to be an actor or an actress. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about some of his new projects and what he has going on and some things that um that some projects that he has worked on in the past but before we do that we're going to shout out our sponsors and then we are going to get into our letter you got that letter ready d yes i do okay we're going to get off into our letter and then we will of course talk to our very special guest so sponsors that make letters from the pen possible LHS Home Care, for all of your home care needs in the New York and Tri-State area. Amora Dior Designs, for all of your pressing needs. They hats, clothes, cups, trinkets like that. JRC Cleanup, no job is too big or too small. Photography Got Next, for all of your photography needs. Kryptonization, which is 420 clothing. So... If you like 420 and you like 420 clothing, you can hit them up for that. And you can go to our website, www.lettersfromthepen.com, and you can find all of the links there for all of your needs to service you. And of course, you can catch Letters from the Pen every Sunday night now on WhoMag TV and iFame TV. So, yeah. Let's get into this letter. Okay. Dear Letters from the Pen, I am a 43-year-old male who just got out of jail, doing 18 years for robbery. I met my wife 15 years ago on Pen Pal. My wife is 56 years old, who is fully established and works as an RN in a hospital. I've been filling out applications everywhere so I can help with bills around the house. Now, remind you, I've only been home for six months, and I have a felony. It's been really hard trying to get a job, but my wife doesn't make it better. When she gets stressed or mad, she tells me I'm worthless. I don't amount to nothing. Maybe I belong in jail, and maybe I should go. I'm trying, but I feel like maybe I should do something to go back to make her happy. Please help a dude from the... Okay. You want to address this or you want do you want me to address this first? Um you can go first. Okay, so All right, so there's 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 a few issues in this letter that I'm going to dissect. Um one, well, I'm wondering, did she say how long they were married? Um in the letter it does not state how long they're married. He says, I'm a 43-year-old male who just got out of jail doing 18 years for robbery. I met my wife 15 years ago. 10 years ago? 15. Oh, 15. Okay, so if he met her 15 years ago and he just and he did 18, that means that they met while he was in jail. Yeah, he so. says 15 years ago on Pintel. Okay. So, first of all, um, 
they child, there's just so many things wrong with this. Um they're gonna have to learn each other because first of all, it's different being in a in a relationship. Um when you're incarcerated but not even that like when you're in a, when you're in a relationship with someone who is over there and you're over here okay it's fine and dandy and all like you're writing letters you're um okay having phone sex or whatever it is you're doing and oh hey baby i love you and all this and this and that however it's something it's something um it's something different uh when you're living together and you just they just don't know each other and I think that also she knew what she was getting herself into first of all it's very hard out here um for someone that's just not even locked up uh to get a job so Obviously, if he's been locked up for 18 years, number one, he, he, and he just came home, he has to get acclimated. Um, and she should really be, if they're together, whether she's his wife or whatever you want to call it, whatever, whatever's going on, but um, she should really be trying to help him get acclimated back into society. And um, it, it's really, it's not going to last and it's not going to work if, you can't help him with that. And I know it sounds weird. And some people might say, oh, she shouldn't have to help him with that um, because he's a grown man. Yeah, he is. But in a sense, um, he does not have the tools that he needs to come back into, into society and be productive right away. I mean, it takes time. So if you're not willing to, to go through that and go through that fight, which I don't see why you wouldn't be. I mean, you stay down with them for 15 years. Um, but if you're not willing to, to go through that fight and know that there's going to be some challenges, then you probably shouldn't be with um, someone who just came home from jail. It sounds like they're not compatible. I mean, I don't know the whole story, but it sounds like they're not compatible. And if you want someone who's person on your level or already made, then that's the type of man that, that you need to go find or either maybe work on yourself because regardless of if he came home from jail or if he was at home or if he wasn't in jail, um, being in a relationship with someone and talking to them a certain way or putting them down, that's not conducive to a relationship or to anything. I mean, how long do you think that this man is going to allow you to speak to him that way and treat him that way you may think you have the upper hand because I don't know if he's on parole or not and you might think in your mind like okay he has nothing he just came home he's on parole he can't do certain things but trust and believe give him a little bit of time when he gets acclimated he's gonna run so I would um advise you sir to get yourself together as fast as you can there are resources out there for people who just came home from jail there are jobs that will hire ex-felons I mean Hi, Walmart. Probably not going to be what you want. I, I mean, or maybe a factory job because, I mean, you went to jail for, what, was an armed robbery, you say? Yeah, or a temp agency. There's temp agencies out there that actually take those that just got home. Right. Right. And I mean, if you're listening and you, you need help with a list, um, go go drop us a line, www.lettersfromthepen.com. We'll get some information out to you. And it does not 
say like exactly where he's from. So, you know, but if he's out here in but New York, in every state, there's there's reforms, there's programs. They might not be um, as healthy or as, as thorough as we'd like them to be um, for someone coming home, you know, to get reacclimated. Um, but there are programs out there. Um, if you are on parole, speak to your parole officer about it. I'm sure that, you know, they're willing to help you. Um, I mean, shame on her, though. I mean, honestly, because this is this is how the recidivism rate um, continues to go up because, you know, someone comes home from jail and they want to go back to doing um, what they know best because they have that pressure on them or someone telling them that they're, that they're nobody or they're crap or whatever. I mean, when somebody pays their due, I mean, this is my opinion. Um, if you disagree, you can call in and we can debate about it. 888-627-6008. But in my opinion, when someone comes home, the, the justice system does not prepare someone when they come home. And if someone has paid their due and, and they did their time, no matter what it may be that a judge sentenced them to, they, they paid their dues and they did their time. So let them come out and be productive members of society. Let's not brand them with a scarlet letter to where they go back to doing what they were doing before. And shame on you, um, homegirl, because you already knew what you was getting yourself into. You stayed down with this man for 15 years, so I'm sure you was doing visits and buying packages and sending money and doing and go, doing the whole nine yards. I'm sure you were. So you knew exactly what it was going to be when he came home, that he wasn't just going to be ready to be a family man and jump in and start paying bills and all these things. So you need to get you need to evaluate yourself and get you, get your brain together. So if he's 43 and he did 18 years, that means he went in when he was like what, 25? Something like that. So with him being 25, you got with him when he was 28 and you are 56 now. So that means you are 13 years older than him, correct? She's probably, um, she probably a cougar. Thought she called her a young one. And um, maybe she just wants to control him. She probably does. I mean, I mean, time she wants him to make money and give it all to her, as if he like owes her something. Yeah, but he can't. He was if he just came home. What money is he making? She's got to exactly. give him a minute to get himself together and find a job. Correct. But the point is, this is this is the responsibility and the position she put herself in. So you can't put yourself in a position and then get mad about it and strike out at the other person. You put yourself in that position. If you don't want to be in that position, relinquish yourself of that position. It's that simple. Right? Makes no sense to me. Does it make sense to you? No. All okay. I have to say is that, you know, I understand you went in at a very young age and, you know, you, doing that much time, you were, you became accustomed to that to your environment at that time. Now you're home, you're in the wor real world. Um, you, you shouldn't make somebody's words drive you to where you want to go back and do something wrong to end up back in the situation you wanted to get out of. 
So um, only thing I can suggest to you is to reach out. You know, if you're on parole, um, ask for, you know, classes that are giving to parolees. Take steps to better yourself. And if that relationship doesn't work out because you don't know no one until you live with them, then, you know, either you guys split ways and move on or you guys work it out and get I know I think, right now um, it's time for everybody because of the pandemic, and I know, but she's a RN, so I'm pretty sure she wasn't laid off. <laughs> I think she's um delusional, uh, to be honest, and I'm just speaking candidly. Like, lady, you're delusional because you Maybe basically picket white thought, fantasy. But that's fantasy. what I'm saying. Like, women, not even just women, just people in general, stop looking at things through a fairy tale scope. And what I mean when I say that is you have to accept someone for who they are and what they bring to the table, not for what you think it could be because you're going to set yourself up to lose every time. Right. Not saying that any person is better than, than the next person, but guess what? There's levels to this shit. Okay. So you can't be um, working on Wall Street, making six figures, and then you want to go down to the gutter and um, pick up a prostitute and say, oh, okay, this is going to be my new housewife. Like, it's levels to this shit. It's not going to work. Y'all not on the same level. So if you choose to do that, that's fine. However, you have to be mentally prepared and know that there are going to be certain qualms that come with what, it, what a person is. And if you can't accept someone for exactly who they are, then what are you doing? Right? Like we all have choices in this, in this life, in this world. It's not one thing and one way only. It's not, it's not a tunnel. So we all have choices and we have the right to make our choices that we want to make. So get yourself together. Girl. By any chance. What was that? Do I keep freezing on your end? No, you don't. I know you're trying to figure out, like, what are you doing? But who knows? You're always doing something crazy. So I just figured maybe you was doing a two-step or something. I don't know. But um, anywho, we're going to get off into, um, actually, we're going to get off into my new single. And then when we come back, hopefully our guest will be here. And we will talk to him about his acting and a bunch of other things so now we're play love song by nakia featuring johnny will right here on letters from the pen yeah
think it's better for us both if we move on apart. I know I promised you forever, I couldn't see it from the start. And I know we're getting tired of fighting, yeah, yeah. Okay, welcome back to Letters from the Pen. I'm your host, Arby Singh Nakia. And I'm your co-host, Dee. That was my new single, Love Song, streaming everywhere. But enough about me, anyway. Um, so we um, have our host in the building, Brian Anthony Wilson. And we are going to bring him in. And we are going to talk some of his movies, some of his projects what he has going on now, and a bunch of other stuff. Are you passing out? Like, what are you doing over there? I'm practicing my acting. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Here we go. Here we go. Holy moly. Schmoly. Was it good? Last week you were a singer. Now you want to be an actress. Okay. Watch. Look. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <gasps> right, Louie? Don't go. Okay. No, no, no. That's not working. That's not working. <laughs> not working. How are you, Brian? Hey, good. I, I didn't know that was your song. That was great. Oh, thank you. How, how can I support you? Where where is it available? Um, it's it's on all streaming platforms. Um out, what was it? Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Title, oh, okay. Deezer. It's everywhere, yeah. All right, I'm going to support you. What, what's the name of it again? Thank you. It's called Love Song. Love Song. Ah. Yeah, Love Song. But it. enough I, about me. Yeah. Let's talk about you. I mean, thank you for joining us. Thank you for I having me. I know you're so busy um, with all the stuff you have going on. Hey, it's it's feast or famine, believe me. It's either everything's going on or nothing's going on. So, yeah, today was, I mean... This week was crazy. I'll tell you about some stuff, but yeah, it was crazy. Oh, so detective. So, huh? It's so detective. Oh, my God. Ah. Back to my favorite, my favorite show ever. The Wire. 
No, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not gonna lie. I've been watching. A Law and Order. Okay. No, she's she's a Law and Order. I've been binge watching The Wire like all week. Oh wow! You know what? I had it took me until January of last year to finally watch all five seasons. So I'm finally caught up. I know people have seen it three or four times. I'm like, wow! But I finally saw everything. So it is a well, great show. Now that you're now that I have you here, I do have a question about the wire. I probably don't have an answer, but go ahead. You probably do. I'm trying to figure out why you beat that CI up like that in the um in the in interrogation room. Hey sister, you know why I did? Because Mr. Charlie told me to. The man <laughs> who signed the check say, Beat that beat that other slave up. I say, Yes, Massa. <laughs> Hey, listen, I didn't want to. I'm everybody knows me. People know me. I'm a big teddy bear. It's uh, but I, you know. handle yours, handle yours. That's right, right. <laughs> listen, I didn't, I didn't want to beat bubbles up, but that's what the script said. So, so tell to. us, um, tell us how you got it, how you got started in acting. Sure, I will. As you are a singer, I um. I still sing. I was a um, co-lead singer of a of R&B band back in the uh, 80s called Perfect Blend. So I started at Freedom Theater trying to improve my vocal range with, uh, you know, voice lessons. So as part of their curriculum, the voice majors had to take a, a movement and an uh, acting class, which I did. And then the next semester, I came back as an acting major and uh, fell in love with acting. Got thrown into a play after two weeks of... Uh, classes not because i was great but because they fired two people and they needed a body so i was there with uh, johnny hobbs jr my mentor and uh the late great johnny allen jr was the director and uh that was my first bite of uh, acting and uh, i was hooked that's how i started man back in uh, i think i was 23 24 yeah i always wanted to like fly and fall down a stair like a whole staircase flight of stairs and just get to the bottom and be like oh oh how dare you <laughs> well it's funny you say that i if you've ever seen the piano lesson which i, I did at bushfire theater back in oh god not the 90s there's a scene where boy willie's fighting the ghost find, fighting the ghost of this white man and he falls down these stairs which i had to do <laughs> every night which i'm probably paying for now but they had the stairs were kind of padded but that ain't, ain't no joke wasn't padded enough no no the so, stairs, you do your own, yeah. so you do your own stunts no well when you're doing a play you know there's no time to, to sub out a stunt double this that was that was a play that was a theatrical but uh, i, I mean yeah, no. When I did my first film, The Postman, with Kevin Costner, I had an actual, um, I had a stunt double. It was a guy, uh, he's actually like part Hawaiian, so we kind of looked together. I should have sent you that picture, but I, I, I'd have to dig that one up. But yeah, he, I mean, he looked like a younger, fitter version of me, but yeah, I did have a... Matter of fact, when I did The Postman, they were trying to get Sinbad's stunt double, but they said he was kind of like not that brave and he wouldn't do because my stunt double had to swim in, in like class four or five rapids and also jump off this Ooh. suspension bridge. So oh, I, um, stunt double. Yeah. I like jumping planes and 
Now you're too short to be his stunt double. Really? She looks. <laughs> she looks tall. No, she. What are you? Five feet. Wow, she just carries herself tall. Yeah. <laughs> you see that? They always fix it with your posture. Yep. You you look like you about five ten. I wish. <laughs> Until you see this little bitty thing hop out this big old truck and you're like, why are you in there? <laughs> I know I, I see these short people with these big trucks. That's what I should have. I got a little Nissan. <laughs> Jump right out of it, and they're like, "No, girl, you need a Mini Cooper." I don't know why you in that big old truck. <laughs> oh, that's cold. So, has um, ha- how has the COVID um affected like you doing any movies or doing projects? Did it slow you down at all? Oh, it did. It did, but things started picking up. I mean, uh, this week, uh, yeah, I I just shot well. I shot yesterday, but I had to drive up to North Jersey Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to get COVID tested twice and get a, have a costume fitting for um, Wu-Tang, an American saga. Uh, I have a small recurring co-star role on there. So, um, and I'm shooting something else yeah, next week. A couple of uh, independent movie called One Gun, playing a teacher in that. And one, one thing, a TV thing that I can't talk about yet. And, uh, and yeah, I've shot a few things, like mostly like a couple short films in New York and um, and uh, one in Jersey. So yeah, it's it's and they were things that uh, a guy that I worked with before he he had he had another movie and told me about it and and I got involved with that. So so yeah, I mean at the beginning of COVID, yeah, naturally everything got uh, stopped because I, I was supposed to do a, a theatrical production of uh the bodyguard the musical and um mm. and that was like a four-month gig that got canceled so uh, that really knocked me for a loop and um and then things were pretty quiet you know but then they started picking up theater started happening virtually and uh, i did a couple pieces online and um like i said shooting shooting some stuff but things are really you know starting to come back to some semblance of normal now right. um but uh, the COVID thing is real. I mean, this one project that I'm supposed to do in a couple of weeks, I have to be quarantined for like six days before I shoot. So they're not playing around. I mean, they put you mm-hmm. up and I hope they feed you. Did you um, take the COVID shot? I did. I got it. Uh, I got it last week. So um, I get my second shot. I got the Moderna. And just, you know, just oh, the Moderna. my arm was... Yeah, my arm was sore, but no no other side effects. And I get the second one on March 25th. So, have you gotten it yet? Okay, so you're braver than me. I didn't get it. You're braver than me. No, um, not about bravery. My doctor asked me if I wanted it. I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm of that age. Plus, I got uh, I got high blood pressure and diabetes, so I'm in that high risk group. So I figured, why not? I've, I've never had a reaction to the. I get the flu shot every year, so. I never used to get it, but then I was doing a children's play around children a lot. So they were like, yeah, you should get it. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. Those little germ I think for me, I think for me, the, the big confusion is, so there's two different types of shots. Now a third, because they approved the Johnson & Johnson shot. And everyone's having different reactions, I guess, depending on what shot they take. So um, 
And I know a couple of people have passed from taking the shot. So it's kind of really? scary. Yeah. Well, did they have underlying health conditions? I mean, I don't know that far into it if they did or they didn't. Um, but it's still, it's kind of scary. And then I know a couple of people took the shot and they still caught COVID. So, yeah, well, that that's the thing though with, yeah, you can still get COVID even <laughs> having the vaccine, but it's supposed to lessen the severity of it. So you won't be hospitalized or you won't die hopefully. So, so I don't know about the people who have passed and I'm certainly sorry about that and, and gotten sick, but yeah, unfortunately, uh, out of millions, there's going to be some people that have reactions. But you, you know, ha- have you ever had a reaction to like a, a flu shot before? Well, I don't take the flu shot because oh, okay. um, I took it once upon ago, one time, a long time ago, and I got really sick. Ah, so yes, yeah, I, I try not to inject anything foreign into my body. I got you. I got you. Yeah. No, listen, sister, it's it's it's, it's real, but you gotta. You got to do what's what's best for you, and just we'll try to be safe. And because even with the the vaccine, you still got to wear a mask and do all that stuff. So I don't know. We well, did you know that there's there's two states that decided to lift all their restrictions and not um, make anyone wear masks? That's Pennsylvania. It's one of them. No, it's Pennsylvania. Texas no, Texas, Texas and Mississippi. Yeah, I was gonna say it must hey, be yeah, yeah, Pennsylvania coming up this week. Well, Pennsylvania is still undecided. No, they're still undecided whether they're going to or not. Oh, uh, I mean, I think it's crazy to lift those restrictions, but that's that's me. I'm going to keep wearing a mask. Me too. Um, there's some nasty folks out here. And <laughs> yeah. Even before COVID, you know, these sneezing and not covering their mouth and coughing and all doing this stuff. So, you know, my what? whole thing is I was confused why the government had to tell people to wash their hands. I mean, I wash mine like 10 times a day, maybe 20. You know right. how many times well, I have traveled and even like driving from like New York to California. Um, wow. When I go into those bathrooms and I see how many people will use the bathrooms and just walk straight out and I'm like, oh, you're not going to wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And then I, then I go out and I see them online ordering food, digging in their fridge. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with you? Nasty. Yeah, no, I've seen it too. And then people get, used to get mad at me because I don't shake nobody. Here. I'll give them the head nod. And if people are like, hi, my name is, I'm like, ah, hey, okay, let's, you know, make it like this or, hey. Uh, well, hey. I'm not going to shake. <laughs> at least now you got an excuse not to shake people, saying, I, I did right. this other interview today and. It was a couple of handshakers, and I guess I was like, right afterwards, I put my sanitizer on. I'm like, hey, I'm being safe, so no, no offense. Well, I heard you say earlier, like you hope that they feed you. If they don't feed you, call me. I door dash. All right, <laughs> all right. I, will, I just, I, will, I gotta. I will send door dash straight to you. You know what? I'm going to use it tonight because I, I I got a uh, I did this other thing and I got like a twenty five dollar DoorDash thing for it, so I got to use it up. So I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use it tonight. Nice. I, I, and I got to watch. I got to finish watching uh, Coming to America. Yes, you know, I have people. to watch that tonight. And I then, watched uh, um, the girl in the basement last night. As I'm yelling and crying at the same time, I'm like, this movie is so heartbreaking. 
Oh, I don't. I haven't heard about that one. It was on Netflix. It was called the the girl in the basement. Um, yeah, her 18th. Uh, she was getting ready to turn 18, but she was very like disobedient to her father. She, she, her and her father never got along, and he locked her in the basement. Got her pregnant four times. One of the babies he kicked in the uh, kicked her in the stomach, and Ew. they were locked in a padded in in the basement downstairs and a padded uh little secret um door <laughs> and. He kept her in there for 19 years, oh and, the mom and the other sister was looking for her, and it was this boy she was deeply in love with. He was looking for her as well, and then what happened was the da his the daughter to the grandfather slash dad um, oh got really God. sick, and she was like, "Please take me to the hospital. Take her to the hospital." He's like, "Come on, hurry up!" So. She took the girl to the hospital. Then um, she went to the she ran to the nurse and said, "I need help." And then that's when they found oh! the other son. Yeah. Was this? Are you talking? Is it a documentary or is I've heard it's, that it's, story? Yeah, it's a little movie that's on Netflix, on Voodoo, and um. Oh, but it, it was based. It was based on a true Voodoo. story. Though. Yes, it's based on a true story. Yeah, because I. Called the girl in the basement. You have to watch it. Like no, I, was I, I am not watching that. I was crying at the same time. <laughs> That is crazy. I don't want to see the world is bad enough. I don't want to see that. That was so heartbreaking. And I was like, Well, you, you wait, you, you want to know what I was watching last night? I'll tell you what I was watching because that movie sounds like I don't want to watch it either. No. I was watching Gotham last night. Okay. I saw your role that you was playing in there. I was oh, watching it a few times. Yes. Uh, yeah, Gotham. That was fun. I got that from a self tape audition, which is rare. But, um, you know, it, it's funny because um, the clip that you sent us, which we're going to play, um, the young lady with the blonde hair that was playing, who was she playing? I don't know. She's playing the bad guy. But it, it's, it looked like oh. you guys were doing that scene that, like, she wanted to laugh. Oh. That's I what think, it looked like. Oh, really? I, I'm not sure yeah. what scene that is. Well, you know, we're going to play the clip. So okay. we're going to play the clip of Gotham. Right now, so everybody. Oh, the, look at the it. girl in that. Yeah, she was a blonde girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Torture is fun. However, uh, I need to know what is coming into Dark Nine C. I told you there is no Dark Nine C. I can't tell you what, what I don't. What you don't know? Yes, I've heard that one. Now tell me something I haven't. You don't know what they're capable of. Even when Don Falcone was running things, he never asked questions about what came into 9C. In case you haven't heard, Don Falcone ain't running things, baby. Now, what is coming into Doc 9C? Something already came in last week. Uh, they picked it up. Okay. The crate is still over there. I swear. That's all I know. I swear. Wow. That was intense. It was. <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat when I was watching it. I was like, ooh, okay. Did that thing around your neck hurt? Or was that just for Yeah, cut? I told them to put that around my neck. I said, I like this. And they were ooh. like, you freaky. I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> but no, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, it's, it, it, well, you know what though? It did. I couldn't breathe one time because she was pulling the thing too hard. I was like, "Yo, hmm. you but, didn't have a safe word." 
No. Yeah, pineapples. Yeah, That's pineapples. That's always a safe word, right? <laughs> pineapples. Pineapples. So how do you um, actually decide what role you're going to audition for and what roles you're going to take versus what you're not going to take? Um, well, I mean, there's there's twofold thing. I mean, I have a manager that I freelance with and an agent in Philly. So they submit, you know, they might see something that says, you know, uh, black male, 50s to 60s, uh, you know, large frame and they submit and then if the they submit to a project they see the breakdowns you know you know what breakdowns are um breakdowns are mm-hmm. basically that what what film and tv puts out that says you know what characters they need the agency that they see something you write for submit to the casting director so and then they choose to bring you in or not with other stuff um like on actors access or backstage i'll see something that i that i think i'm right for and i'll submit for it sometimes i'll hear back most of the times i don't so you know so i hear about a bunch of different things now i mean i mostly take whatever job is offered to me but i have a conflict with something for next week so i'm trying to work that out now to see if it can happen but, you know, most of the things that I submit for on my own are things that interest me. The other stuff is I don't I don't know what it is, but it's usually I mean, I've been very lucky. The stuff that I uh, that I booked is stuff that I really enjoyed. So um, and nothing, not a role that I wouldn't want to do. I mean, so I've been lucky that way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, you know. The percentages are are kind of low sometimes. Out of ten auditions, I make it. I might book one of them, if that. You know, lately <laughs> I maybe a bit, a little bit better percentage, but I book maybe three out of ten. So. So how do you get ready when you get a role and you're gonna go in and you're gonna film? Do you have like a ritual to get ready before you get into character? Like, how do you get into character? Usually, uh, you get a chance to do like a little rehearsal. Like uh, when I was shooting yesterday, we had a couple of rehearsals, you know, for camera, so camera can see what you're doing, and that kind of helps me. And just uh, the writing, you know, if it's good writing, it's kind of easier to get into character. But just kind of knowing the circumstances, you know, who you are, what you want in the scene, um, you know, why you want it, just you know, doing all that um, kind of back backstory stuff before you get on set you know so you can just concentrate on the scene when you get there trying to be you know free in the scene because case something else comes up and you can you know you know work around that but yeah just just knowing exactly you know what you're going in there to do really just doing doing your pre-work i guess is, is the best thing because once you get in there then the camera's rolling you don't have time to uh figure all that stuff out Right. So now, have you ever been starstruck by like, a, like another celebrity that's playing in a movie with you? Well, I mean, from a celebrity, I'm not a celebrity, but you um, are a celebrity. Oh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, when I first worked, I worked with him twice, David Morse. Um, I did a thing called Diary of a City Priest, and I was so in awe of of him and what he was doing. I was I was like this instead of acting and being in the scenes, I was like, oh man, I got to snap out of this and just, you know, do the scene. So, I mean, 
and I've I've worked with I think five Academy Award winners, and um, you know it's just a point where you got to come in and do your job. It's it's uh you know I've worked with some bigger names, and most of them have been very nice, very humble. Some aren't, um, but yeah, it's just you still got a job to do. So I kind of got over that early on. So I've been doing it for a while now. I mean, still I I was a little starstruck when I did Ocean's Eight. And um, I was in the makeup trailer with, with Sandra Bullock, you know, and um, you know, I, I was, yeah, yeah, she's amazing. So, but yeah, but I've definitely been starstruck a few times. I try to get past it now. It's just like, I got a job to do, you know, can't so afford if you, to be starstruck. If you wasn't an actor, what do you think your job would be today? Hmm. Well, before I started acting full time, when I, I was working for Procter and Gamble, I was a merchandise accountant. I don't know, but I, numbers are not really my thing. So, it's uh, a good question. I wanted to be a doctor years ago, so that didn't happen. My 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 grades in math were not good enough. Man, I probably would be like a, um, a sanitation worker or something like that. I mean, I don't have a whole I don't have a whole great skill set. Or maybe you know what, customer service representative. I think I would be good at that. I'm glad you didn't say you probably that. would have been a good radio host. Yeah, you would have been I a good radio so. host because you have yes, you have that, that, that announcement. Yeah, you had that voice that's like here tonight on Midnight Love. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you got that voice too. A studio. <laughs> Here tonight, here tonight on Midnight Love. Call in yes. to the love doctor. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that, yes, I can see it. Well, so. I just, that's funny. I just played a radio host, and the, this young brother, um, he wrote this piece. He actually was nominated for an Academy Award for a short film a couple years ago. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that to come out. I'll share that on online when it does. But I play a radio announcer in it, talking about COVID. Yeah, so it's interesting. Really good st- script. Young brother uh, wrote. It. I think he he has like two daughters. Really nice kid. But yeah, so. So are there any actors or actresses ever do a retro role? It has to be late at night because you have that like serenading voice for late nights. You know, like lay in the bed and listen to yeah, midnight love, and it's like, oh, okay, stop playing with me. All right, hook me up, <laughs> hook, hook a brother up, hook him, hook me up. We we <laughs> gonna hook you up with something. <laughs> All right, now what? I'm sorry, you were getting ready, you were asking me something yeah. uh, about yeah. roles. Um, no, no. So, are there any actors or actresses that you haven't worked with that you'd like to work with? Oh my God! Of course, Denzel. I mean, Ooh, yeah, uh, Viola. I met Viola um, after uh, the second uh, preview of Fences up in New York because you know Denzel came out. He jumps in his Mercedes, but Viola came out and was talking to people. So I just said, you know, I just told her I was blown away by that and that uh, we're 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 in the same movie, um, Law Body Citizen, and I was telling her that. I auditioned for the mayor, the role that she got. And I was like, well, obviously they made the best choice with you. And she laughed. So, but she was, she was very nice. 
But um, I would love to work with her and uh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright, I, I met him on a set of, of a M Night movie one time. He was real cool. But I would love to work with him and Denzel, of course. Um, and uh, oh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, man, that would be so cool. Yes. Yeah, but you know the usual suspects. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So how was it um, when you played in Creed? Oh my God, that that was such an amazing experience because Ryan Coogler, I mean, at the time he was probably late twenties. He's the best film director I've ever worked with, and um, and Michael Michael B. I knew from The Wire, but we never had scenes together because I played a homicide detective. Right. Um, but um, the 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 relationship between Michael and Ryan was just beautiful. It was like, you know, like. De Niro and Scorsese, just that 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 quan that they had between them. And there was one time when we were filming that Ryan cleared the room, like not even the first AD. He just wanted Michael and myself in there. And he was talking about the scene, you know, where he's coming in to give his resignation resignation letter. And he, we must have did it like five or six different ways. Excuse me, five or six different ways. And then at one time he whispered in my ear to do something without Michael knowing what it was so he would get that reaction on camera so yeah he he was just such a brilliant brother I mean because he's 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 street smart as well as you know book smart too because he you know he has he he came from um Richmond you know that area in Cali so he, he he has like a little bit of an edge to I mean not a little bit he has an edge to him but he's as smart as a whip so you know so the brother is the total total package. I was just reading that thing that he was just um, praising his wife for uh, you know helping him get through all of this this craziness. I mean, because he went from Fruitvale Station, which was I mean a big still a big budget for me nine hundred thousand dollars to to but to to this forty million dollar film. So right. that's pretty. And and he expanded on it, you know, and, and made the he, he revived the series again. So uh, I mean the the franchise again with right. this great storyline. So, yeah, I mean, it was just amazing just working with those two. And like I said, Ryan is the best film director I've ever worked with. And the brother's only, I mean, he's in early 30s now, but the sky is the limit. I can't wait to see what he does with, uh, you know, Panther 2. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Amazing. So we yeah. have that clip of, of Creed that you did oh. with him. So we're going to play that right now. Okay. And a little bit about that. Hey, James. John. Sit down. What you got there? You're joking, right? You get a promotion and you're quitting? This career just ain't for me. What are you gonna do? Hey man, thanks for everything. Wow. Yeah, we um we actually shot two scenes. There's a scene before that um, where I'm kind of vibing with with Michael because you know he's one of the only brothers in the firm. Kind of, uh, and it was a real kind of just like a real positive black man moment. And I think you know I don't know. I think they cut it out just because, you know, 
Rocky got to be the white savior. So, right. I, I mean, that's, but maybe it was for something else. I don't know. But it's like, dude, why do you cut out that positive thing about two black men, you know, and a man trying to take, I'm trying to take him under my wing. And also it, it makes, I think that makes, I mean, I'm glad they kept, I know people that got totally cut out, but I'm glad they kept my second scene, but it like, it doesn't make sense because you don't see me. It doesn't make as much sense because you don't see me taking him under my wing and then being crushed by him leaving. So it's like, without that reference, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I don't know why they cut it out, but I think it would have been, I mean, it was only like a, like a minute scene, but it would have made more sense. And and I think contributed more to the storyline. Right. And he also wanted to do a, a shot. We ran out of time. Ryan did. Whereas later on and I see him fighting and it's like, oh, that's why he left. Because I, I didn't get any answer as to why. So but that was on. We were going to shoot that, but they ran out of time. It was like a 14 hour day that day. So so you never right. know. I think it would have it really helped the story, too. But so I'm now. So. If somebody wanted to reach out to you for you to be in like a film or a play or something, how would they do that? Well, what's up with the with the with the glasses? I'm digging I, them. I, cool. I get it with the character. I, oh, okay. Audition. All right. I, I'm 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 checking it out. Um, <laughs> I mean, they they could hit me up on Instagram or, or, or Facebook. You know. I'm very accessible. I've gotten a few How jobs that way. People, people reached out. Huh? How much you be charging? How much I be charging? Oh, well, that my rate, my, my rate is like five, five stacks a day. Five G's a day. Yeah, baby. Now, it, okay. depends on the, it depends on the production. I work with younger filmmakers who don't have that big of a budget. You know, I have a minimum that I work for, but I love working with young folks, young our people. So I, I I cut breaks when breaks are necessary. Depends on the budget. And the only reason why I ask you that is because so we have a lot of viewers and I know a lot of people were looking forward to the interview and oh people, people well. kept asking me that question. If I want him to be in a movie, in a video, how much does he charge? I don't know. I'm not his manager. So I'm asking so that way y'all heard it first, straight out of the horse's mouth. That he works with your budget, so don't yes. be afraid. He's not unreproachable. No, I'm very, very approachable. I mean, there are concerns with COVID, of course, and with the union. I'm in Screen Actors Guild and uh, Actors Equity, but um, they ha- they all have low budget um, contracts. It's, it's it's you know there's some paperwork, but it's doable. Yep, but I, I'm very approachable, and I love working with young filmmakers. So, hit me up. That's dope. Well, we are out of time here, so thank you so much for joining us. We super enjoyed. I know I did. I enjoyed our conversation. Your interview. I did too. She's still acting in the corner. Like, what do you? What role are you um, auditioning for? Because we don't know. <laughs> Auditioning for the Missy Elliott, me, I'm super fly. Oh, there you go. I think you're too. I think you're too tall for Missy to do the Missy Elliott thing. You're like five ten, so.
a little person. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you guys can reach out to Mr. Brian Anthony Wilson on Instagram. Your Instagram is just Brian Wilson or is it Brian Anthony Wilson? My Instagram is Brian.a.wilson.1217. I have, that's I mean, that's what they, that, I know, that's what they gave me. I, I don't even know oh. what 1217 is. That has oh, no significance for me. Your birthday 1217? No. Nope. I'm 1218. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, no, I'm February. My birthday was last week. Oh, uh, well, you're a Pisces. Yeah, I Pisces. You, but I didn't drink water today. No, don't uh, do that. What? No singing, no singing. Girl, you better drink some water. That's what I'm drinking now. <laughs> Gotta hydrate. Gotta stay hydrated. That's all I drink is water all day. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, thank you, you are, everyone. You two are delightful. Thank you for having me on the program. Y'all, y'all, y'all have great chemistry. So I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And of course, when you drop your next project, let us know so we can get first dibs on that, and you can come back and we can oh. talk about. You. I will. I, I, I have an announcement to make about something, but I can't I, I have to wait till the publicity people do it. It's a it's a theater piece. It's a pretty big deal for me. So it's it's a live theater piece. So Oh wow. Knock, knock on wood, it'll still be happening. It depends on what the COVID numbers are doing in May and May and June. So well, and then we're down right now. I'm gonna uh -huh. oh. girl bye. The number <laughs> Jesus, the COVID numbers seem to be going down right now. So, you know, hopefully, like you said, we'll get back to some type of normalcy. Um, the play is the play in New York or is it somewhere else? No, it's, it's out of out of town. Out of town, okay. Yeah, that's all I can say right now. So, when you can announce, you'll come back here with I us. Should be able, yeah, in a couple of weeks, I should be able to announce. Okay, good. And Probably we'll, April, April, definitely. We'll come we'll to the play, okay? Oh, okay. Well, it's going to we'll be in a nice area. You probably want to. Okay, good. So we'll 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 come. We'll show up. I'm coming if in with fly, my old If you fly out to Hawaii, oh, I mean. Oh. No, it's not Hawaii. <laughs> well, I was about to say, um, with that tsunami warning, I ain't flying to Hawaii. They I'm got a tsunami warning. Yeah. Oh, I hear about that. I haven't had the TV. Mm -hmm. No, but wherever wherever you're gonna be at, we'll come because I need my autograph. Okay. Anytime. <laughs> Am I boring you? You're falling asleep. No. <laughs> no, it's just it's been a long week. Long week. I'm putting my school teacher look on now. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah, so she's she's like a chameleon. Yeah. Yes. But all right. So thank you for joining us here on Letters from the Pen. Everybody, make sure you tune in. It's Monday night. We will have Phantom on the Beat at Ooh. 8 p.m. with us. Yes. Nice. You did that song, Magic Stick, for 50 Cent. But um, yeah. So oh. you, can, you can hit us up on www.lettersfromthepen.com. Drop your information if you have any questions. Um, if you have any questions about Mr. Wilson, if you can't find him on Instagram, you can hit us up and we'll forward the message to him. Yeah, and so, I'm on face. I'm on Facebook too. I know young people don't go on Facebook, but you can hit me on the grass too. <laughs> so we will see you guys right back here Monday night at eight p.m.
Thanks for joining us. Well. Stay safe. Thank you. And happy You're Women's welcome. Day coming up soon for all the women. Yeah. <laughs> happy Women's Day. Happy Women's Month. Month. Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye.